0: Full disclosure, um, one of the reasons I didn't do well in my business law classes in college and and had to forego any thoughts of perhaps becoming an attorney was that uh, even things that seemed simple enough to start always found a way to get more complicated as I went further into study. And as much as I shouldn't admit it, this is Jim Mitchell comfortably on this side of the microphone for another edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. And I'll tie that together, you know, on many occasions over the past few years we've discussed various aspects of estate planning, and in most cases, uh, I think I've been able to comprehend it pretty clearly and understand uh, the sense that uh, having a good estate plan makes. Today, however, as uh, happened to me in those college courses, we're going to add a level of complexity that sort of turns everything around, and as good news comes, we will have someone here to help me sort through it. We're going to talk about estate planning as it relates to those people who are entering a second marriage. Um, so to guide me through the conversation, who, someone who, you know, did successful work in, in getting through law school and did things I couldn't, um, but has become one of my favorite contributors here, Attorney Heather Walzer of Laval Law. Um, Heather, you're going to have to help me through this one today. I'm looking forward to the conversation, and, and certainly thanks for being here today.
1: Of course, thank you, as always for having me. And uh, I, I, for one, can say I'm, I'm happy to have made it through law school and wouldn't want to redo it. so <laughs> that <need> to say. <laughs> Well,
0: these are the kind of things that, that I always thought I got, and then someone said, okay, now that you understand it, you got to look at it from this way. And, and you know, the merits of having an estate plan have, have been made clear in, in our past discussions, and uh, I think we've always done a good job of clarifying the process. So now we had a bit of a twist. Um, at a high level, um, people entering a second marriage, you know, they get their one of two ways, a divorce or the death of a spouse. We'll talk about each scenario today. But I assume, as I said, at a high level, now this sort of generates a different view on estate planning as people enter this phase of their lives.
1: Yeah, it really does. I mean, certainly it's going to come as no surprise to anyone that it's something you wouldn't enter into lightly, and it's it's a little bit more generally a little bit more complicated because there are maybe assets from the previous relationship. There may be children from the previous relationship. It's just some extra wrinkles and some extra facets that you have to consider as you're going in. Um, and really, two of the biggest issues that you, you should be thinking about, and, and one of them, when, when you hear it, it won't surprise you to hear me say this, one of them tends to be a tough ask, people and they have a hard time thinking it through or even bringing it up. And that is a premarital or or some people call it a prenuptial agreement, Um, but definitely something worth thinking about. And then the other piece is the estate planning piece. Um, And that's primarily what we're going to focus on here today is the estate planning piece of it. And to kind of clarify, the prenup, which is kind of what people call it, the premarital agreement or the prenup, and the estate plan really do two different things. The premarital agreement is intended to divide up the assets in anticipation of a potential divorce, whereas the estate plan is dividing up and passing on assets after death. So that's really what we're gonna focus on today, but for anyone who's thinking about a second or subsequent marriage, you really should at least give the prenup some thought.
0: Yeah, and, and as you said, let's let's not spend a lot of time there, but I, I guess the question I have is that, as you said, it, it's sort of a, it's that fork in the road that premarital agreement is important in the second marriage, I assume, because people are entering that second marriage with far more assets than they had when they entered the first marriage where it may not have really been an issue.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. So the the standard case people think about in which a premarital agreement would be necessary is the case where one party has a very unequal amount of wealth, you know, a very wealthy person marrying someone who's maybe not as well established. And certainly that's a that's a prime case for having one, but Equally important is is a situation where both parties are coming in, maybe not with with a huge high net worth, but just with separate assets that were acquired prior to the marriage that both parties can agree need to remain separate if a divorce were ever to happen. so just as important to think about it from that standpoint as well
0: yeah so let's let's talk about estate planning. Um, you know, I'm guessing the scenarios vary a little bit whether the first marriage ended in divorce or the death of a spouse and perhaps even further by the presence of of children. Um, Looking first at a high level, is it in any case always best to replace an existing estate plan with a new one based on these new relationships that are being formed?
1: It really is it's incredibly important and and the important thing to keep in mind as you're doing it is that nothing that you do in that field in that area is set in stone so you know early on in a subsequent or second marriage you may have goals or objectives that are not the same as they will be if you once you've been in that second marriage for you know twenty years fifteen years whatever it is um, so the important thing is just to think through the issues at that moment and get them taken care of. Um, and in in the vast majority of cases, a second or subsequent marriage requires you to really, you're not starting from scratch on your estate plan, but typically the changes you need to make are so sweeping and so different that you really are going to be making wholesale changes to the documents which just underscores again why it's so important to think this issue through Mm -hmm. and
0: and as you begin that process entering a second marriage um, i mentioned children if children are involved does their age factor into how an estate plan might be devised for a second marriage whether they're still young or they're close to being grown
1: yeah, it really does. Um, when when you have young children who would still be in need of a guardian, that typically requires a different sort of thought process than if you have children that are self-supporting adults. Um, one of the biggest pieces that you have to think through is that particularly in a situation where the first marriage ended in divorce, um, you've got to make sure that your the provisions in your will that provide for a guardian typically have to name the ex-spouse as the primary guardian if something were to happen you know, to, to you. You couldn't really name your new spouse as the guardian. So that's an important piece to think about. Um, but another, another um, issue that kind of comes up that ties in the same way with what I was saying, that things will change over the course of a marriage, whether it's a second marriage or a first marriage, if a second marriage occurs, maybe due to the death of a previous spouse and the children are young, it may be that that second spouse becomes a parent, almost a, another parent to the child, or, or may even adopt the child or the children. That's going to be a very different estate planning scenario than a case where, like I said, both parties come into a marriage maybe with adult children and that's really going to change the division of the assets. If both parties are coming in with adult children from previous marriages, the most likely scenario is that both parties to the second marriage are going to say, "Well, when I die, my money that I brought in from my first, you know, from my previous life should go to my children, not, you know, the second spouse's children." So, it's a sticky situation and there's no one size fits all Solution. It's really case specific, and it may even change over time.
0: We're um, we're talking with attorney Heather Walzer on the podcast today. Heather is a, a partner at Lavelle Law, um, is very well versed in in matters of estate planning, as we've learned over the years. She, she drops in from time to time to discuss topics like the one in front of us today, uh, and also writes some very informative articles on on key topics. You'll find those at LavelleLaw.com. Uh, that website great resource for a a number of legal topics and uh, uh, a great place for you to visit perhaps right after this podcast. Um, We're discussing some parameters for creating a new estate plan for a a second marriage. And um, let me just rephrase what I think I heard there a little bit uh, just to make sure. In terms of entering a second marriage where one or both parties have children, you plan through an estate plan for your potential death. So do you need to say, okay, the assets I had before and perhaps those that we acquire jointly, determine whether they then pass to their surviving spouse or pass directly to the children, which would be an option under under an estate plan. Is that how you kind of look at it?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And, um, you know, again, it may change when you're when you're both coming into the marriage. And a a lot of a lot of my clients in a second or subsequent marriage, they almost keep their assets separate and manage their own expenses. and, And it just tends to work better for them, at least early in the relationship. And in those cases, a lot of times people sort of feel that at death, those assets should go to their children from their previous relationship. Um, now as as the marriage progresses, or maybe as the parties, like you said, acquire joint assets together, those we would want to treat differently, and they would likely want to treat differently. Similarly, they may even want to provide for the new spouse um, and and have some plan in place that will allow the surviving spouse, the second surviving spouse, to you know have access to the money. The important thing um, that, that is very important to think through, particularly in that scenario where a client says, okay, well, I would really like to take care of my second spouse after he or she dies, or after I die, before he or she dies. Um, the, the important thing we want to make sure of is that in that scenario where um, someone dies and says, okay, I'm going to take care of my second spouse, we want to make absolutely certain, though, that on the death of that second spouse that the assets that he or she was using to live or to you know maintain their lifestyle will then go to the first spouse's children from the previous marriage. I know it's a little convoluted, but Mm -hmm. that's something something we always really want to think through is because in the typical straightforward estate plan where it's a first marriage, all of the children are children of both the husband and wife. There aren't any other children. Frequently, when there's no tax planning required, the way those trusts and estate plans work is they just say, For example, when husband dies, everything goes to wife. And we're pretty comfortable that wife is going to leave everything ultimately to the children. Now, in a second spouse scenario, we may not be as comfortable that that's what would necessarily happen, particularly if that second spouse has children from his or her own previous relationships. So it's really just a question of making sure we talk through all these possible unintended or unanticipated consequences and just solve them you know decide what mm-hmm. the answer is how you want it to work and then we just structure the documents to make sure that that happens
0: well and we as you put it in those terms i i think of listeners who hopefully have stayed with us here through the first 10 minutes or so um who are who are currently very happily married in a, in a first marriage and and um kind of look at this and go, Well, I'm I'm not sure I need to listen anymore. Is is there any value to them in, in what's happening here in this conversation?
1: Yeah, that's that's a great question because I, I encounter that quite a bit. Couples who say, Listen, we're we're very happily married. We don't ever intend to get divorced and and that that's fantastic. I mean absolutely. Um the issue though is you don't you can't plan and know when you're gonna die. So and, and you also don't have that crystal ball to know exactly what could happen after death, so it's definitely not an uncommon scenario for one of the spouses to pass away, maybe a little younger in life, and the surviving spouse doesn't intend to ever get remarried, but eventually time passes and they meet someone and and it just things progress over time, and maybe they get remarried so because we just don't have that crystal ball, it's something that we need to sit down and talk about the options. Um, You and I have talked about this before. In many ways, estate planning is really just about balancing. It's balancing what you want to accomplish with the burden of getting there. So, you know, if we talk through it and the client says, hey, I'm really worried that if my husband dies um, or you know if i die my husband will eventually get remarried and there could potentially be a second spouse who takes you know these assets in favor of my children then we we plan for it and we structure the trust to make sure that that situation is prevented uh, the flip side is i have clients who say i'm really not worried about that in which case we don't have to do the same kind of structured planning for those people but the bottom line is regardless of you know the the status of your current marriage it's something death is not something that we can predict nor can we unfortunately have that crystal ball to see into what happens in the future so all we want to do is raise the issue think it through and say how much planning do we need to do to prevent the possibility that your surviving spouse would remarry after your death and potentially disinherit the children so just an issue that most
0: well and oh we kind of lost heather there so let me just wrap up we're at the end of our episode here um i want to thank heather walzer for being with us uh if you'd like to reach out to her further 847-705-7555 or lavelllaw.com i got a whole list of questions here we didn't get to and i assume that uh, you do as well so uh let's uh, try and schedule heather for another conversation in the near future and we thank you very much for listening to us today